Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman under the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Wake up, people. It's afternoon. <laughs> anyway, hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Bible News Radio. This is a very special edition to me in my heart deeply, just so you know. <laughs> anyway, I want to welcome you. Really, Jennifer? <laughs> I want to welcome you to the show. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny when your best friend puts Z's in there. Like, really? Okay, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, I want to I want to welcome you all to the show and thank you guys for coming in. Um, you know, every day I get the blessing of being here and looking at that camera, pretending I'm looking deep into your blue eyes or your brown eyes or your green eyes or your hazel eyes or if you're an alien, those big big alien gray eyes. <laughs> I don't know if you're an alien or not, sorry bygones. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> anyway, my eyes are blue, in case you didn't know that, and so just pretend I'm looking at you. Yeah, 
It kind of does look like I'm looking at you, huh? Like that? Yeah. Anyway, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you guys for coming in. Today's topic is going to be different than normal. Um, but I have to tell you, the way that this show came about was unique. <laughs> because for a long time, I've been following this guy. Not not really stalkerish type following, but just been following his work. And, uh, and he is so sweet and loving. And he has like seven children. Just so you know, that's a lot of kids. And one wife. And he has an animal. He has the animals. Definitely for sure. But we'll get to that in a minute. So first thing I want to do though is say hi to everybody in Periscope. How you guys doing? Yeah? Doing good? Is it hot where you're at? Hmm? Is it? Yeah, I bet I bet it is. But fortunately for you, you live in America, most of you, and you have air conditioners, so you can't you can't be complaining about anything. Even if you don't have AC, you have a fan. So you can be thankful for that. All right. And, uh, okay. All right. So let's get to our evangelism quote of the day. Did you get it, Bareface? Okay. We're going to start with our quote today. As you guys know, all year we've been talking about evangelism. And here at Bible News Radio, one of the things that we try to do is take topics that apply to everybody in some way, shape, or form, and apply it to our biblical worldview so that we can live and serve God the best way and share the gospel and share his love with everybody, right? So today we're going to be talking about sales, and we're going to be doing that, and that's why I pulled today's quote, which Bareface is going to put back up. Okay, it's Leviticus 25, verse 14, which says this, If you make a sale, moreover, to your friend, or buy from your friend's hand, you shall not wrong one another. Okay, so my question to you is, why do you suppose that had to be put into the law? Hmm? Do you think it's because mankind is generous and kind and giving all the time? <laughs> no, no, it's because we were born with a sin nature. And of course, we were prone to want to rip people off and stuff and, and all that. And unfortunately, sales has a bad rap because, well, we'll find that out in a minute. But I thought that was very apropos for today's topic. So we'll get to that in a minute. I want to thank my sponsors, Ariel Ministries. Uh, they are awesome. They actually help underwrite our show. You go to ariel.org, A-R-I-E-L.org. Use coupon code Bible News when you check out anywhere. And by the way, we I just got yesterday a whole bunch of books from, uh, from their archive, and I'm going to be sharing those with you later when I find out how much they're going to sell them to you for, <clears throat> because I'm pretty sure it's going to be a great sale. Just saying, but if you haven't got the Yeshua book, Yeshua life of the Messiah from a messianic Jewish perspective, volume three is now out. You want to add it to your collection, especially those of you who already have volumes one and two and the harmony of the gospels. Here's volume three. You need to get it like today, go there and buy it with your money before you go to some fast food joint, and give them that money. Okay. <laughs> go to Ariel and do that. All right. And also I thank PIJN News, aka PrayInJesusName.org. You can go there. You can sign up for their email list. Stay in tune with um, what, what Dr. Klingenschmidt is doing. Dr. Ch Dr. Chaps, by the way, <clears throat> is doing uh, basically the same thing I'm doing, except he's a guy with a doctorate and, you know, a theology degree. And he served time in the military and the House of Representatives. Other than that, you know, we're equal, just so you know. Anyway, you can go there and you can sign up for his email list. And uh, then you can go to faxcongress.com and tell them exactly what you think for free. It's more fun than just sending email. Just saying. 
All right. The other thing I got to tell you is that if you are not yet a pillar of the community, I want you to be. Because everybody needs pillars in their life. Unless you're a salt pillar, like in the Bible, where Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt. (laughs) You guys don't want to be that type of pillar. But you do want to be a pillar of the community. Uh, And the best way to do that is by going to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. Uh, and the suggested donation is $25 a month to start. Uh, and then what we do is we thank you profusely every show, and we also throw you into a Facebook group where we give you more of us than you ever want, just so you know. And really cool behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, in fact, did you know, I'm just going to say, one of the things I threw in there yesterday is that there's a new movie coming out about Steve McQueen. Yeah. Those of you who are as old as Randall probably know who that guy is. Me, I had to look it up on the internet. But apparently, Steve McQueen was a Christian at the end of his life. And I don't know if you know that or not, but Greg Laurie, Pastor Greg Laurie, you know, the dude that does all the Harvest Crades, Crusades, he's going to be actually the one helping to promote it. And we're actually in talks right now getting him on our show. So that's just one thing that the pillars of the community have access to that you don't if you're not, not yet. See, not aren't you tempted? Hmm? Yeah. Anyway, there's lots of stuff in there. And uh, and also, I'm sending my pillars a special little gift, just so you know. All right. <clears throat> okay. So, all of our, you know, blessings are done. So, now let's go ahead and tell you about my guest. So, my guest is uh, Wes Schaefer. For some reason, I'll call him Wesley. He said I could. Just like Pastor P. He said I could call him Pastor Pete. Well, I don't know what it is, but Wes Lee Schaefer. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway, he's a great guy. He is He's best known as the sales whisperer, which I have an issue with that. And it's not what you think, but we'll ask. We'll, we'll bring it up in a minute. And, you know, he's a veteran. He served in our military for a long time. He's a, a coach. He's an author, a speaker, a TED Talk speaker. Uh, he's all around verbose, very you know, astute, handsome-looking, great guy. And he is our guest today. So <laughs> I could go on, you know, long. <laughs> but anyway, Wes, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, how come I'm not the sweet and lovable guest to go with the sweet and lovable host? Well, that would be boring. Usually all my guests are sweet and lovable, but you stand out above them all. All right. Hey, I like, I like the way that sounds. Yeah, it's true. Very true. So, um... <clears throat> Okay, I have to, there's something that bugs me, and I got to bring this up. I probably should have brought it up before we talked, but the saleswhisperer.com. Okay, now I know this is a great name. I love it. You know, it makes me always think of the dog whisperer, you know, at the same time, because of the, the, the word whisperer, right? But my, my problem is every time I see the word whisperer, I totally want to put an H in there. And I'm just curious, why did you, did, is, am I the only one that wants to put an H in the word whisperer? I just can't get beyond that. There is an H. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not after the P. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fur. That would be the sales whisper fur. <laughs> that, that wouldn't work. <laughs> oh, yes, it is only you. <laughs> is it? Yeah, I just. I'm, you know, I'm good in spelling, but I don't know why. Am I the only one? You guys in the chat room, do you guys put an H after the P in whisper? Because I always do, and I, it's like, I literally had to check like five times to make sure I put it in right. 
Whisperer. Well, it's a hard name. People do misspell it. That's why I have a bunch of other URLs to uh, redirect people simply. But um, that's a marketing problem. Yeah. Well, just like my name is spelled a million ways, I have the same thing. Yeah. People always put an E in my name, and there's no E in my name. Right. Nowhere. It's, a, it, it's an IE with the I as a heart and a smiley face, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no E anywhere. <laughs> Anyway, so, hey, I want to, I want to, um, usually what I do with my guests is I actually ask them A-list guest questions, okay? So, you know what? Sometimes I forget, but today I thought, because this is unique to our show, <clears throat> um, I want to ask you our A-list guest questions first. Is that all right with you? Do I have a choice? No. Okay, bring okay. them on. All right. First one, okay, there's three categories. There's eggs, magnets, and um, driving. Pick your category. <laughs> Let's just start with eggs. Okay. So the question is, and you have a big, huge family, right? So uh, let's see here. So the question is, first of all, do you buy eggs and buy the dozen or like 18 eggs at a time? Or like, do you buy like the whole thingy? Buy the whole big thingy from Sam's or Costco. Okay. So in your fridge, I'm sure there's lots of eggs because you have seven kids and a wife and animals. The right. animals don't get the eggs, though. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Although thing. sometimes my kids are the animals. So maybe some of the animals get eggs sometimes when they're not behaving like animals. Okay. So when you crack the eggs, when you're making eggs or whoever, no, yeah. it has to be you because I'm asking you, what do you do with, what do you do with the shells? Uh, throw them away. But how? Uh, like a like a LeBron James two handed slam dunk. I mean, what do you what do you mean how? <laughs> well, like, do you put them in the garbage? Do you put them like in the garbage disposal? Usually in the garbage. You know, growing up, we put them in the garbage disposal, and then some people say, "Oh, that'll ruin your garbage disposal." And then my dad's like, "No, uh, uh, stringy things like celery are what ruin your garbage disposal, and the, the sharp edges of the eggshells actually clean out your garbage disposal." So. I don't know. I've never had one clog, but um, the the trash is right next to the stove. Sure. No. Me either. Okay. So, <clears throat> all right. So, do you rearrange the eggs in the egg carton? Rearrange them? Yeah. When you take the eggs out to cook, obviously there's uh, um, imbalance, right? Of all right. Well, so so two things. One is we got a little plastic container that holds like two dozen. Uh huh. Oh, okay. It's in the fridge, so usually we put them in there. But uh huh. When I'm working from the carton, there's no rearranging because I pull them from the ends evenly, so that the carton stays well balanced, kind of like me. <laughs> Okay, well, that's good. That's good to know. You would be surprised how many people don't do that and how many people rearrange them completely different because I've asked this question to lots of people. No, got to pull from the ends. There you go. And work, work towards the middle. Okay, okay. All right, so second category, driving or magnets for $100. Just stay in order. Let's go with driving. Okay, driving. <laughs> All right, so most people when they drive um, get a ticket. Have you ever gotten a ticket? I have. Was it for speeding? It was. Have you gotten any other tickets besides a ticket for speeding? Parking. Oh, parking. You got a parking ticket? Really? I'm in Southern California. Oh, yeah, that's true. 
Well, you know what? I grew up there, and actually that's the only place I've ever gotten a ticket myself, just so you know. In fact, I went to driving school once because, true story, I got hit by somebody over at Fullerton College. They ran into me, so I had to rent a vehicle while my car was being fixed. I got a red car. I'm driving up the street, and you know how you go through the lane and you turn left? Well, I decided to turn left right before it got to the actual place where you turn left because I went over the line just like a little teeny-weeny bit. There was a cop behind me who decided to pull me over. I was actually on my way to Bible study, too. I'll never forget this. So I'm going to Bible study, get pulled over by this cop. He, he didn't arrest me. He gave me a ticket for improper passing, even though, you know, the lines were like right there, blah, blah, yeah, whatever. I go to traffic school because I've never gotten a speeding ticket. But I went to traffic school. First thing they said there was, how many of you are in here for speeding? Everybody's hand went up except me and two other people. And then the lady, she says, okay, what, what did you do? <laughs> Why are you here? Because you're not here for speeding, so what did you do? And I said, well, and I told her what I just said to you. And she told me, and I quote, that guy was having a very slow day to give me a ticket for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. true story. Did you pass your driving test on the first time? I did. I could see that. <laughs> do you drive stick shift? Uh, I can drive a stick shift, but I do not own a stick shift. Do you know your VIN number? <laughs> I don't even know my license plate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Randall knows his VIN number. I just want to see if you're a real man and you really knew your VIN number. Uh, hell, I, I know. Oh, sorry, I can't say that. <laughs> I only know two phone numbers. I know my wife's and my best friend's. Everybody else is... If there's we lose power, uh, I'm going to be, well, I won't even write letters. I don't have their addresses either. <laughs> okay. Last question. I'll make this fast. Magnets. Do you have them on your fridge? And if so, do you have a favorite one? Uh, we have them on the side. We have a couple. I don't know. We got this Samsung we don't really like, and uh, but it's that brushed aluminum. So my wife doesn't allow any magnets because it scrapes it. <laughs> So I think we have some on the side. I don't even know. We have one that holds a fly swatter. I know that. That one's tucked away in the on the side in the corner. I don't know any other magnets. Okay. Are you a firstborn, middle child, or a baby? Firstborn. I knew it. You're an overachiever. I mean, you have seven children. So My wife's secondborn, so she has seven children also. Is, she, is her sibling a brother or a sister? Brother. She's a firstborn then. <laughs> She's a firstborn middle child, like I am. All right. Yep. Fine, be that way. You're the host. I'll just defer to you. <laughs> it's true. Okay, all right. So, all right. So, those, see, now anybody who follows you everywhere in the world, basically they're, they're going to find out all this stuff that they never found out on any other podcast or radio show because nobody else ever asked you. Yeah, I've not been asked about eggs. That's true. Ever. That's good. It's good. It's an important thing. Eggs are... Very edible. They're incredible, too. There you go. Okay, so people get a sleazy rap, right? They're like, hey, there's a sales guy, and everything. And and one of the reasons I actually have followed you for quite some time is because I really like you. I think you're genuine. I think you're a family guy. I know you're a godly man. And um, you're somebody who actually offers value to the community of the world. And... um, and I think pe- more people need to know about people like you. So if you don't mind, tell us your, your story. 
Well, all I can say is that you're you're a good judge of guests. I, mean. <laughs> I am usually. <laughs> I've had a couple that I was like, uh, I'm not real sure they about this. Do like to take back? Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, after the Air Force, I, in '97, I got I got out and went right into sales, and I uh, was married. Um, we had one child, one on the way. And I knew if I didn't get out then and start getting after it, I'd get comfortable in the military. And um, so I made the leap and it was, I had a small base uh, that lasted for a few months and then it was commission only. And, you know, jumped in the deep end, found out a couple of things, you know, I'm stubborn. So uh, I'm going to keep after it till I get it right. Uh, professional salespeople are, are made, not born. Uh, you may have an aptitude for sales, but it doesn't mean you're going to be any good at it um, unless you get some help. Right. So the whole nature versus nurture thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what led me after a decade of working for various companies, various industries. I spent a lot of time in high tech, uh, which after 2000 meant just, layoff after layoff and uh reorg after reorg because it was just a mess you know from 2000 to the mid 2000s and um but i kept learning kept growing I, I would look at my managers you know because people say look at somebody's been doing what you're doing for five or ten or twenty years and ask yourself if you want to be that person and the answer was always no so it was like i want to be on my own and i actually uh, bought a sales training course it was a 12 week teleseminar class back in 05, 06, and really liked the instructor, ended up being his first uh, licensee of his content. Hmm. And so late 06, started laying the foundation by early 07, Sales Whisperer was off and running. Yeah, see, that's so cool. And you know, part of what, part of the reason I wanted to have you on, even though I, you're not in my normal niche or however you say that word, niche, niche whatever anyway bygones uk it's niche is it yeah i'm not i'm from new york but but is because i have i actually have a lot of people who are in business who tune into the show not necessarily business owners but people who want to be business owners or entrepreneurs and being an entrepreneur is not easy i mean because you're you're a risk taker and here you are in 2006 launching your your thing right so that was what 11 years ago <laughs> is that right, right? Yeah, I can do math. I can barely, but I can. Carry the, carry the one, stomp, stomp. Yeah, 11. I know. I don't know how I got through graduate level statistics, but I did. But anyway, um, and so what was it like for you as a guy to do that and have to take care of your family? You know, because you got a big family. You know, it's not like just one kid you got to feed. You got like a whole, like, you know, ton of kids. Yeah, I mean, in 2006, we didn't have as many. <laughs> well, so it was easier <laughs> well is it true having a bigger family it's easier to like provide for because you can go to costco and buy lots of stuff in bulk <laughs> that's what that's i've heard right. and, and, and everybody has takes sympathy on you so you just show up at your house and there's just bags of clothes just sitting there <laughs> that's nice like, like who's gonna take it give it to the shavers they got they got boys girls i don't know it'll probably fit them <laughs> yeah that's good uh, I mean, you know, my wife, she, uh, she had a degree in business and two weeks before we got married, she quit. She's been uh, at home ever since. 
so, you know, having somebody that supports you and believes in you uh, is a big help. And, you know, she just, she knew I'd always figure it out. And uh, sometimes I wondered if she was right, <laughs> but she was right. I, we always figured it out. And, uh, you know, we live within our means. Uh, she's super frugal. And so that helped. I mean, there were some lean times. I was unemployed. I was unemployed when two companies. And so, you know, we kept getting, kept getting by, right? But the funny thing is we just kept growing too. We didn't just subsist, right? We, we grew, uh, we thrived. So it's been fine, you know, but you know, going back to your original topic or question, you know, saying, you know, I'm not the normal kind of guest and I understand what you're saying, but I think people need to understand the role and the importance of sales, mm-hmm. you know, in, in everyday life, you know, there's an old saying in poker, right? If you don't know who the sucker is, then it's you. <laughs> uh, and so in business point. and in life, if, if, if you don't have a plan, you're, you're being worked by somebody else's plan. And right. so, and people are like, well, I don't want to be salesy. And really what they're saying is they, they don't want to be accused of being manipulative. And I totally get that. But there's a difference between being manipulative and persuasive. Yes. You know, and it's really what are your intentions? What are your goals? Because it's really two sides of the same coin. But if you want to get the word out, you know, hey, Jesus and the, uh, the apostles, they were salesmen. You know, they, they had to persuade people to listen and to follow them. Uh, I see it all the time. Churches, pastors, they, they struggle uh, because they're not getting the word out. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, you, know, you got to tell the truth, right? You got to deliver a powerful message, but you, you got to deliver it in a powerful way as well. And so, you know, I think sales fits right in uh, to your to your normal topics or your overarching theme, right? We've got to get people's attention, get them to listen, uh, understand what's in it for them. Yes. And, and get that message out to them so they listen and, you know, turn away from their evil ways. <laughs> well, it's true. Well, and, and you quoted in your TED Talk, I wrote down one of the quotes that you quoted uh, by Steve Clark, uh, which... <clears throat> which you said, selling is a calling. Well, this is Steve Clark. What he said, selling is a calling. Serving is its purpose. Questioning is the process. And, uh, and a sale made be the solution. Did I say that right? Yeah. yeah I selling thought, is a calling. Serving is its purpose. Questioning is a process. And a sale may be the solution. Oh, may be. May, may. Oh, I right. put made. Bygones. Anyway, okay, so... <laughs> Okay, and and I actually think that's that's accurate. Even I mean, when we're talking about evangelism, really, that's what we're talking about, right? We're trying to sell people, not per se like by to make money, but we're trying to show them that Jesus is the only way, and you know that if they accept Him, then you know their life will be a lot better, right? Yeah, and you know, selling comes from a Norwegian word that means to serve, mm-hmm. and it's just gotten a bad rap here in America and because salespeople and marketers, especially, I think Seth Godin, one of those guys wrote a book, you know, marketers ruin everything. Oh, he, uh, he wrote a book called all marketers are liars too. Oh, that, yeah, that one too. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah. um, so we, 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 we sully the waters, right. By the greedy, the pushy, the manipulative, 
but selling is ultimately, it's not about just taking money from somebody. That's why I say selling is a calling. So just like uh, in your ministry, right? Are you called to do this? You know, serving is its purpose. Great salespeople understand that if they take care of their customers, then they're going to tell everybody else about them and they're going to come back and buy again and send referrals. And so selling is really easy if you do it the right way. Now, it may be a little bit slower in the beginning, but in the long run, it's more sustainable and actually gets faster. So selling is a calling, serving is a purpose. Questioning is the process. You know, people show up, uh, especially the, the folks I see come knock on my door, uh, although they're getting better and better trained. But when somebody's just shouting down at you, you know, John 316, you know, Ecclesiastes, uh, you know, like, dude, uh, okay, great. You know a lot of verses. Um, I got to go wash my cat. You know, please get out of my door. Uh, so whereas if you can engage them, ask them questions, you know, how is your life? How fulfilling is your life? How satisfied are you? Are you questioning? Are you on a journey? You know, getting them to engage uh, and you do that through questions. And then a sale may be the solution, right? Maybe you're going to save them right then and there. Maybe they're going to agree to come to your Bible study. Maybe they agree to come to your church that weekend. Maybe they don't a link to an article or a TED talk or, you know, um, maybe a blog talk radio or a Periscope interview and then bring them along. Yeah. People just, you know, I got to get them. I got to get them. I got them right now. You know, if you're hungry, if you come across as hungry, you're never going to do anything. You know, did Jesus run up to Peter and say, you know, follow me or I'll, you know, put you in a chokehold, turn you into a pillar of salt. You know, he's like, hey, hey, I'll make you fisher of men. He's like, okay, sounds good. He wasn't, you know, putting the screws to him. So he, he, he walked, walked the talk, right? Right. Well, exactly. And uh, Miss Vicky, who also lives here in Tennessee, said hallelujah to that. Just so you know. <laughs> How you doing, Vicky? Nice to see you. Um, yeah, you know, and that's, that's exactly right. I know I hate to be sold to by, I actually, one of my very first jobs, you'll find this funny was in a car dealership. Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? I was like in my early, <clears throat> well, I was in my mid-teens. I was about 19, 20. And I worked at Toyota of Riverside, uh, way, way over there because I grew up in Riverside. I, so I, woke, I worked there at Toyota Riverside in the service department. And I was, I was, the, I was the office manager. I was just a kid, obviously. Right. But but I remember uh, one day, it, Dave uh, Dave Wilson, who owns Toyota of Orange, actually bought out Toyota Riverside by the owner, Joe Redford, who was an old guy at that point, And he's probably dead now because it's so long ago. But anyway, anyway, he <laughs> he actually he actually bought out um, uh, Toyota Riverside and then he fired at pretty much everybody and brought in all Toyota of Orange people. But. In that transition period, he also brought in his general manager, who was a complete scumbag, that guy was. And one day, that guy, one of the lead salesmen and that guy were actually, they came down to the service office and they pulled, the customer was a little bit upset because he looked at the odometer and he's like, you know, I want you to go ahead and pull out the original service record for these, for this car, if you don't mind. And so... I did, and I said, here you go, here you go, and the customer who was looking at that car and bought it actually noticed that the odometer had been 
rolled back 100,000 miles. Yeah. And a dealership, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but a car dealership that does that, if they get busted, they can go out of business like that because that's completely illegal. And so the scumbag general manager, his name was Dan something, I forgot his last name, but that guy yelled at me. <laughs> this is like real. This is why I remember this. He yelled at me for giving the customer the the odometer, you know, sheet, the 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 records. And the reason why is because, well, it revealed the lie. But that guy was in cahoots with the sales guy, the original sales guy. And so what happened was they actually brokered a deal. And they ended up giving that guy a free car or, or something. I don't know what it was, but basically paid him off so that he didn't do anything, you know. And, and I think, unfortunately, that's that's what most people think of when they think of sales. They think of people just like that as opposed to, you know, a, an honest, ethical person who will just sell you a car because it's a nice car and you can actually afford the payment. Yeah. yeah, that's that's always the analogy. Like, oh, I don't want to be a cheesy, pushy used car salesman. You know, the, the ironic thing is I, I bought a car here. I bought a BMW here a few years ago. And David was one of the best salespeople I've ever had the pleasure of working with. And, you know, I gave him a shout out, uh, several referrals. He was great. So it, it doesn't really matter the industry. Uh, you, have, you have good and bad salespeople in every industry. Uh, you have you have good and bad salespeople in ministry. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and I always say if if somebody comes to me uh, and they lead in business, right, and they lead off with, "Oh, I'm a Christian," you know, I, I grab my wallet and hold it tight with both hands. Amen, brother. Yeah, it's like don't don't sing it, bring it. That's you right. Know? You know what? I've been screwed by more Christians than anybody. Just so you know. I don't yeah, mean that in the carnal way either. I mean, I mean that. The, <laughs> I just had to say that because you never know. There's somebody literally who might take that, but no. Self-identified uh, Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When we moved here to Tennessee, oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, yeah. The guy that came and did the contracting on our house was referred to me by a former guest. And let's just say that we learned our lesson and it cost us a lot of money. Ugh. Yeah, it wasn't good. And and that's really sad, and I don't like that. I've been ripped off by Christian website designers. You know, I could give you a whole list. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, well, let me ask you this, because we named the show here on Periscope, Jesus Met His Quota. Can you explain that? Because you're the one that came up with it. And I thought it was funny. But, you know, it is, quotas are actually something that are, you know, kind of thought of in, uh, you know, in sales. So, so talk about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, that quota is a, is a goal, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we, we wanted to tie sales into this, but, you know, he he went out. I mean, the initial plan was to get 12, right? Get 12 and, and build a movement from there. Uh, and that's the interesting thing, too. You know, Jesus led by example. Yes. Uh, and in, in being in the military, I mean, we studied a lot of, of military leaders, you know, Napoleon and people like that. And, you know, Napoleon came up, you know, with the platoon and the element and, you know, all the divisions. And, and they, because he knew that one person can only really lead or supervise like 10 to 12 to maybe 18 people. And it's usually around like 10 to 12. So it's not a coincidence, right, that Jesus had 12. Uh, and then I tell people, I tell entrepreneurs, I say, look, you could, uh, even when you have barking dogs, uh -huh. you can make the sale, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so 
even even Jesus had one of his 12 not work out. Right. So don't feel bad if you have a bad hire, right? If you, right. If you pick the wrong person. Um, and not that Jesus made a mistake, right? But you could say, hey, one, one of those didn't quite work out. Right. But even that, it had to be, right? It had to be that way. So even when you think things are going wrong, um, they're happening for a reason. You just may not know what the reason is right now. And you may not know what the reason is for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's uh, true. But so, you know, it's just a way to tie in sales with uh, the Bible and the Christian approach to get people thinking. Um, because, you know, even from there, right, he, he taught everyone, he led by example, uh, and great leaders build something that lasts beyond them. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like you could argue, you know, Apple did, did Steve Jobs really set it up to thrive without him or not? And it's like, well, it did grow, but many, I'm an Apple fan, but you know, it's like, doesn't quite have the same sizzle. Uh, so, so do great leaders make everyone dependent on them or give them the power to thrive without them? Uh, and so, and again, I think Jesus set things up so that the word could grow. Cause obviously there's a lot more Christians now than there were 2000 years ago. Right? right. Yeah. So he, he put things into motion and he set the example and he gave the, the guidance, he gave the inspiration for people to take the word and carry it on. And so um, that's, that's basically where the name, the, the title came from. Yeah. You know, he was all about making disciples. And I think a lot of people, um, they, the, and we were actually talking about this, Randall and I were a couple of days ago, um, that the church has really lost the mission to make disciples. Instead, we have become, we've, we've been people who've made converts and not just converts of the gospel, but rather converts of our own opinion. And, you know, I mean, that's actually what, uh, what the news does, right? The news, the whole, the whole purpose of the news is to get you to convert to their opinion, what they're, what they're blabbing about. That usually is completely wrong or whatever. Uh, but, but it's about being disciples and getting out there and going, okay, yeah. Okay. Now, now you go and show that person, you know, that old adage, you know, give a man a fish and he'll eat that day and teach him to fish. Then, you know, he can feed himself forever or whatever until the lakes dry out, you know, then he has to become a hunter and shoot something like a duck, like duck dynasty people. But and if you can get too drunk to fish, you might be a redneck. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's true. Well, we have a question here. What was the main ministry of gifting Jesus used the most? Leadership, apostle, I can't see the rest because it, it canceled out, but uh, Ian asked that. I'm not what sure. What was the main gift? Yeah, that's a good question. It was leadership or what? Uh, I don't know. I shut zooms by. Yeah, I can't. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if we have to narrow it down to one. Uh, he certainly led by example, right? He he set the pace. So I don't know. I would pick leadership, um, mm-hmm. and you know, from there they derived hope. They derived faith. Um, they got their desire to to follow to know god to um, you know fulfill his commandments so i don't know i'll pick leadership <laughs> okay good <laughs> great 
That's funny. <laughs> hey, I need you to focus. Uh, I know. Sorry. Bygones. Okay. Anyway, so, okay, so, uh, yeah. You know, I feel like I should pick on you or something. Okay, but I'm not going to. Okay. Bring it. Hey, just well, I, I, I pick back. There's just, another show that does that. I don't like to do that because I'm a nice person, you know. But I do want to, I actually do really want people to know what you can offer them. Because I didn't want you to just come on and talk. I want you to share your what you do. Okay. Yeah. Like, like if somebody's like wants to do sales, grow in sales, or even leadership or anything like that. I mean, you're a leader for sure. You, you've got a huge family you lead. Plus, you're a military man and, you know, all that. So, tell us how you can help us. You know, how can we help you help us? I guess that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> do you want the truth? I want the truth. I do. <laughs> Only the truth. Uh, well, the, you can help me by spelling the sales whisperer correctly. Okay? <laughs> Don't be putting extra H's in there. Make sure the link works when you link over to my site. Okay. Uh, but that is a mouthful. So let's let's go with this. Let's go with thesalesagenda.com. Okay. Uh, that is a free tool that I give away. Uh, it's a planning document for setting a clear agenda in any sales situation. And it's good in, in any endeavor. You know, I tell people when, when you get on a plane and you look up to the flight deck and you see there's two pilots and they both have identical checklists. Say the, say, say the, the URL again, the Kenneth who oh. just came in and said, thank you for this scope wants to know. Just oh, so it's the sales agenda.com. There you go. Okay. So, so when you get on a plane, you look up the flight deck, you see two pilots that have identical checklists. Do you think they are amateurs because they need a written checklist and it's redundant? Or do you feel more confident? Do you feel like you're dealing with a professional because they have it documented? Right? Obviously, you feel better. Yes. Uh, it's, it's so important, right, that you have two people making sure that the process is followed. If you can do that in any sales encounter. If you have a plan, if you stick to that plan, if it's proven, you know, you review it ahead of time, you review it afterwards, uh, make sure everything uh, went as it should. You're going to be better in your day job. You're going to be better in your ministry. Uh, so this apply, it has many applications. On the ministry side of things, you may want to tweak that agenda a little bit because it's obviously built for business. Uh, but hey, you know, growing the faith, I think, is business. You mm -hmm. know, you gotta you gotta focus on it. Whatever you focus on is going to grow. But you also have to realize you're you're calling on people, you're engaging with people that maybe don't have a strong faith. Maybe they are focused in business, and so you need to connect with them where they are, right? Like Jesus didn't, uh, he didn't hang out at the casino, right? And run a billboard and hope Peter saw it, right? He went to the lake. He, he met him where he was and then brought him where he wanted him to be. So we as salespeople have to do the same thing. We have to meet our prospects where they are. We have to adjust how we sell and communicate to match how our prospects buy and communicate. It's not up to, just like in school, right? You know, yeah, a lot of times you get teachers try to just cram the books down the student's throat, but the best teachers understand, you know, oh, Stacy needs someone on one time. Wes just needs 
the URL and leave them alone. You know, Brian needs a little bit, uh, maybe some homework, give them, let them do some extra credit and bring it in and we'll discuss it. So a great teacher adjusts how they teach to match how the student learns. And the same thing with great salespeople. Understanding there's a process um, is just going to make you more effective across the board, more effective dealing with children, dealing with uh, prospects, dealing with coworkers, dealing with bosses. You know, people really underestimate their role, their job, and their ability to manage their manager. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So, you know, so understanding the agenda, thinking that way in terms of a process, um, I think you'll find yourself being more successful uh, in, in all encounters with people from, from family to bosses to, to your ministry. Yeah, I agree. And um, look, I know that there's some people in the chat room like Vicky. Vicky's in there. And uh, Vicky, Vicky does real estate. And so I'm wondering, Vicky, do you have a question for Wes? Maybe that he can answer for you? Cause, uh, because, you know, that's selling a huge, that's a, that's a big thing to sell a house, you know, uh, as opposed to a car or a, a pencil, you know, which is way easier to sell a pencil. Oops, I dropped it. Anybody want to buy hold. it? It's Hard to hold on to one, but easy to sell. <laughs> that's why you need a pencil. It's wooden. It has ruffles and edges and it's easier to grasp it won't slip through your fingers like that plastic cheap pin you had uh. so pencils from me now operators are standing by but wait if you order now we'll give you this eraser thingy well and you know i actually when you were talking about that i actually was thinking about the art of the infomercial you right. know and which irritates me truly okay uh, she says, I'm writing a listing while I'm listening. Okay, so she doesn't have any questions for you. Okay, well, there there you go. Well, she's right. make, she's taking a But that's a good thing, you know? So, uh, Randall, do you have any questions? Because you're a businessman. Hmm? Why don't you weigh in, bareface? It's not your real name, but weigh in anyway. Whoops. Um, I can, if you... Okay. I didn't save I'll video shot from the last time. Oh, so. I can move out of the box. Wait, hold on. Well, no, well, that... <laughs> Do you know that one time he actually put the graphic over my face while I was still in here, Wes? Do you believe that? I mean, he totally put the graphic over my face, and I was, like, going, like, trying to figure out, like, how do I get away from, yeah. That's anyway. when he got that new doghouse. He just wanted to test it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Operators uh, are standing by. Oh, he's now. going like this, like, carry on the conversation. Okay, my other question, this is a serious question. Uh, what about price point? That's a hard thing for a lot of people, including myself, uh, especially in an industry like what I do, where it's kind of set on a specific, like if you get this many listeners, it's like three cents a, a listener, really, is like what they, they kind of, in sales for Christian radio, and it's kind of like three cents for listener. I mean, that would mean, you know, I'd make $5 million because of how many listeners I have. Who's got that to pay? No, I'm just kidding. But... I'm not kidding about the three cents thing, but I am kidding. How do you do the, you know, how do you set the price point? Because one of the things I noticed on your website was you said, uh, I, got, I, I should find it, but it said something about um, boldfully, you know, expensive or something like that. And when I saw that, I laughed. Re reassuringly expensive. Yeah, that's it right there. Okay, so reassuringly expensive. So how do you do that? How do you set the price point where, you know, you're like, hey, you know what? This is going to cost you a gazillion dollars. I really don't care. <laughs> you know, because 
Yeah, it's well, there's a few ways to look at it. I mean, because on the one hand, if somebody says, oh, you're expensive, you know, you could say, well, I'm I'm sorry that you can't afford me. You know, so there's there's several ways to look at it. And in, in your industry, yeah, there's a set rate. Um, but that that's really just a, a rule of thumb. Okay. Uh, I'm sure some people get paid less than that. And I'm sure some people get paid more than that. And you, you have to position your pricing based on the pain, right? the value that the prospect sees. Uh, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and so is value. And so if you're talking with somebody and, you know, what, one of your potential advertisers and, you know, let's say they do $10 million a year in sales. And if you if you have the potential, let's say, to, to drive an extra half a million dollars uh, in, in sales, well, that's, five, that's a 5% growth. So $500,000. So let's say they have 50% margin. So that's 250. They won't know till the end, right? They won't know till the end of the year if you've helped to drive that. But let's say you put some, some metrics in there, some other features, some things you do that nobody else does. Uh, maybe some additional social media posts or some email marketing. Uh, maybe you run your own ads to drive additional listeners and awareness. And so, you know, you tell them it's, you know, if, if they gave you 50 grand and you help put $250,000 into their pocket, that's a good deal. Right. But now of course the problem is we don't know till, till, till later. So how can you calm their fears, right? That this is going to be a decent investment. Well, you're going to ask them, have they ever advertised before on an, on radio, on television with other podcasters? So now you start getting some, some uh, points of interest, right? Some data points. They say, yeah, well, we're on this other podcast. So, and you start finding out, well, how many listeners do they have? What's their going rate? What have the results been? And they're going to tell you the results are fantastic. The results are mediocre. The results are terrible. And now, based on what they're saying, if the results are fantastic, then you could ask them. That's why I say a sale may be the solution. And questioning is the process. So I'm like, if the results are fantastic, why don't you just double down with them? Hmm. That's a good question. Right? Yeah. Now, if things are terrible, then it's like, well, okay, things are terrible. Um, maybe it's the genre. Maybe sponsoring a podcast isn't right. Why do you think advertising on a podcast is the right way to go. So I'm actually trying to push them away. I want them coming to me, you know, saying, look, we were spending three grand a month with them and we didn't get the results we wanted, but we think it's because they didn't have the reach. They didn't have the personality. They didn't have the, the multiple streams uh, uh, and outlets like you do. Oh, okay. Right. So they were paying three grand. So, you know, that they can and are willing to potentially spend three grand again. But now you offer more. So if they were willing to spend three and you were thinking, man, I'd be happy to get a thousand dollars a month. And now they just said they were spending three. You can say, you know what? I'll cut you a deal. We'll do a 90 day trial for just two thousand dollars a month instead of three thousand. So I can prove myself. And then if the results are there, then we'll go into a one-year agreement at $3,000. Is that fair? So now they're saving $1,000 a month. You're making an extra 1000 over what you consider to be a great rate. 
everybody wins. Now you're going to really focus to over deliver because at the end of 90 days, you want a one year agreement for $3,000. So again, everybody wins. You're really going to hustle. You're really going to focus on them. Uh, and that's where the reassuringly expensive comes in because now you don't have to go out and get two or three or 10 sponsors to try to cover your bills. Now you can do it with a couple. Right. So it gives you a lot more energy uh, and time to focus and really do a great job for them. And so that's where the reassuringly expensive comes in because now you're going to get much better results because you're not spread too thin. Yeah. Right? And I actually like that. And I, that's kind of how I approach my, my sponsors too. Cause I know, you know, on regular radio, it drives me up a wall that every five minutes there's a commercial. Yeah. I hate it. It's like, even when you watch television and I really don't, but I know Randall was saying something recently that, um, like way back in the seventies or whatever, there was like 10 minutes of commercials per hour. And now there's like, like 20 to 30 minutes, depending on whatever the show is. Mm. It's, it's kind of like, you know, hello, this is why Netflix is so popular because you don't have right. commercials, you know, <laughs> Right. you know, and, and their price point is actually pretty low for what you're getting. I mean, but you know, we canceled just so you know, cause we never watched it. Well, wasn't it, uh, who was it? Was it dire straits, you know, back in the day, like 57 channels and nothing's on. And mm -hmm. that was like 30 years ago. So now there's, you know, 1037 channels and there's still nothing on. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and also the other thing, and I know we're, we're almost getting done with our time here. We got about six, six minutes left or so, but you know, you, in your Ted talk speech, which, you know, I, I'm going to tweet it out, everybody. I'm going to tweet it out on my Bible news radio, Twitter account. Uh, one of the things you were talking about was how in the olden days, you know, the building the relationship with people was all about, um, you know, community, right? And then all of a sudden, you, and was it 1926 that or TV? I can't remember. I think it was radio, right? Radio was first, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, quote, the box started telling you what to believe, you know? Right. Uh, and now it's, it's coming back to social media. And this is what drives me nuts about social media. And I know people, I've worked with clients that have paid me to do their social media for years and they never listen to me. I always tell them social media is social. <laughs> this isn't about putting your link every day, you know, on there. You got to get in there and interact with people, get to know people uh, here on Periscope, right? The way to grow your Periscope audience is to network with other Periscopers and promote other people and not make it all about you, you know, just so you know. Um, right. So how can people in a society that's really, let's say, narcissistic, learn not to be because that's hard Wes. don't you think i mean you're a dad though so you're not narcissistic at all but yeah so how can people learn to not be narcissistic <laughs> yeah <laughs> man yeah. if i have the answer for that i'm gonna have to charge a lot of money for that one okay um yeah you you do have to do a little soul searching right because you know there's the old saying that everybody brightens a room some when they enter and some when they leave. Right. right. So just make sure you're not that person. Um, you, you really do have to understand that, you know, oh, there's my dog now. <laughs> uh, so whoever's asking the questions is in control of the conversation. So your goal, you should strive to be interested rather than interesting. And so you really do have to check your ego, put it aside, talk to people, engage with them. 
uh, and you can do that on social media as well. Uh, stop pontificating, right? Talk to people, ask them questions, just give comments, compliment people. When you're in person, complimenting is the easiest way to engage somebody. Uh, just try it in line at Starbucks, in line at, at the grocery store. Just look at somebody and say, oh, I love those shoes. Hey, it's a nice watch. Hey, I love that necklace. I mm -hmm. love that purse, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and it can be a little weird for men talking to women. Not necessarily weird, but you, you don't want them to think you're flirting. So, right. Uh, but, you know, still, I love that perfume. You know, you can say, my wife has that, you know, or my wife's birthday's coming up. What is that? You know, so you let them know you're not hitting on them. Uh, but give them a sincere compliment, and you'll be amazed at how easy it is to have a conversation with somebody just starting that way. Yep. And I do so, that all the time. Yeah. All the time. Bareface can tell you. I can, yeah, so I, just yeah. show up and compliment, show up and ask questions. Um, I, I tell people, you know, make it a goal to go to a networking event uh, where you're out and about and not make a statement. See if you can spend the afternoon or the evening only asking questions. And of course, it's pretty tough. Uh, you'll make some statements, but by being aware of it, you know, instead of running around, running your mouth, maybe those, that three hour networking event, you know, you, you talk five minutes and you listen for two hours and 55 minutes and you'll be amazed how many business, more business cards you, you come home with. Yeah, it's true. I've, uh, I've done that. In fact, I did recently. <laughs> and then the follow up, right? You got to follow up, right? Cause the fortune's in the follow up. It, it is. And that's the nice thing though, when you're doing the asking the questions, and it includes, hey, do you have a card? Mm -hmm. Right. The goal is not to give your card out. The goal is to get their card. Yeah. So you can follow up with the people that you meet. Mm -hmm. I recently was begged pretty much to go to a BNI meeting. And so I did. I went, got up super early, like for me, and went. And I got 41 cards. I contacted half of them so far. Not one person that I contacted has contacted me back. Well, actually, that's not true. Two people did, but it took it took a week almost for them to contact me. Two people of the people oh. I contacted contacted me back, and not one person that I went and met at that BNI meeting that I was begged to go to actually contacted me. Not one. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, wow, this is an amazing networking group. <laughs> I would have expected everybody in that group to contact me because they all had my card. And you're a newbie, right. and I want you in my group, right? Right. But... Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's very interesting. So, all right. So I heard the music. Randall was very subtle with that. Can you hear the music? I heard something. Yeah. That's music. Okay. So I guess our show's over. <laughs> so, so I be though, I want you to tell people how you can serve them, how they can get in touch with you if they want to, because I want them to at the very least follow your blog and you have an email list, right? I do. So um, it's, you know, the saleswhisperer.com is my main site. And then um, something easy to remember is the salesagenda.com. So that'll also take you to my site. But to get that particular uh, free document and uh, planning tool. And then from there, you know, once you're on my site, you can find me everywhere LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, email me. My phone number's on there. Uh, so pretty easy to find. Well, I appreciate you taking all the time that you did today to be with us. I really do. 
because uh, I know you're a high, you're you're high in demand. You're a well sought out speaker. You are probably cost a million dollars to get you to come speak, and here you spoke to us for a whole hour, and you answered yeah, questions. I'm just half a million dollars. Only half. Really. Okay. Yeah. Anybody listening? Just it, it, there's a sale. It's my wife's birthday is coming up, so we got a little sale for her birthday. <laughs> That's true. Well, wish her happy birthday for me. Cause I will. Birthdays are very important. They are. All right. Okay, everybody, tomorrow on the show, as far as I know, I'm not positive because I'm still waiting for confirmation, but I have it scheduled. Uh, we're having uh, the actor, the main character from the new movie, Victor, The Victor, on our show. The guest is Victor Torres, who actually got, he was a gang member. He got saved under the ministry of uh, Nikki Cruz. Uh, you might remember the cross and the switchblade, that thing from many years ago. Anyway, he was part of that gang. And now that guy is relatively old, and he's, he's coming on our show. <laughs> so, so join us tomorrow right here on Periscope and Blog Talk Radio. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.